think of a pianist like Glenn Gould, who is often considered flamboyant. Francine de Lalande argues that music is related to gesture. That's not an issue, she says. To quote St. Augustine, music is the art of moving well. If we consider only concrete situations, we can observe a series of practices that consists of translating a gestural form into a sonorous form, or vice versa, that is a gesture into music. Pianist Glenn Gould, for instance, she continues, the material presented in the films of Bruno Monsignor on the subject of Glenn Gould is a real gift in that regard. Through his framing and editing choices, the filmmaker shows a musical sensitivity that is particularly attentive to gesture. As for Gould, on this point, he is exceptionally cooperative. His gesturing is clear and full of contrast. It could be interpreted as theatrical, outside of musical thinking, but upon analysis, it turns out to be a coherent and integral part of the playing itself. That from the study Glenn Gould, Universe of a Genius. When Greg Zellick was a young pianist, he seemed to feel the music in his whole body, and though he doesn't say so, he may have found himself almost dancing the pieces he was performing. Not at all for theatrical effect, but rather because he was living the music, heart, mind, body, and soul. Conditions in the world at large conspired to bring him an aha moment, an epiphany, and he began to play the pipe organ. Only an instrument as powerful as the organ could match the level on which Greg desired to explore and share the music he loved. his talents matched his desire. Greg Zellick went on to study at the Juilliard School, and as a student of the legendary Paul Jacobs, he is now in an unusual and distinctive position. Greg Zellick is the principal organist of the Madison Symphony Orchestra in Wisconsin and the Elaine and Nicholas Mischler curator of the Overture Concert Organ there. He will present a solo recital at St. John the Evangelist Roman Catholic Church in Pittston this Friday evening at 7 as part of St. John's concert series. We had a chance to speak with Greg Zellick by phone about his passion for the organ. Well, it's funny you mentioned the word epiphany because I actually attended a Catholic middle school called Epiphany Catholic Church in Miami, Florida, and they decided to build a, a brand new really architecturally stunning building and put in this spectacular Rufati organ. And I was studying piano at the time, and I thought, you know what, I'm such an active kid. It'd be better if, if instead of just using my hands, I could use my entire body to play. And so that's kind of how I got started. They put in this magnificent instrument, and I was hooked pretty much right away. I, I felt comfortable with the whole hand-eye coordination that I think is required, particularly to play this instrument, and I've never really looked back. You went on to Juilliard then, 
Well, I was very fortunate to attend Juilliard um, on so many levels. I did my undergraduate there, my master's there, and then I completed an artist diploma. And I did all of my studies with Paul Jacobs, who is just a master at the instrument, just an incredibly talented both performer and teacher, and was so giving of his time and, and really molded and shaped my vision of what was possible as a concert organist, which is what I now do. And I was so grateful to have someone that I could look to that was sort of paving the way for other young organists like myself. And yeah, my time there was really invaluable. And, and, and now I feel so incredibly lucky because I am the curator of, of a concert hall organ in Madison, Wisconsin, um, in beautiful Overture Hall. And I curate a series and play on the Overture concert organ here in Madison. And it's, it's just been wonderful to not only bring wonderful guest artists to this community in Madison, but also to cultivate an audience of people that perhaps never thought they, they liked organ music or could ever go to an organ concert, but loved classical music. And I thought, well, if you, if you love classical music, then I think we can find a way to get you to want to come to an organ concert. And we've been able to cultivate this incredible audience here. And I've been able to share this repertoire and this instrument with so many people. And then they also give me the flexibility to travel and perform in other cities and states, which is giving me then the opportunity to play in Pittston, which I'm so excited about. Now, when we see online the instrument you curate, it's like a work of art in terms of the way it's designed, let alone the sound designed for the hall. Tell us about what your home instrument is. Yeah, it's, it's a three-manual Kleiss instrument. Kleiss is a firm out of Bonn, Germany. And they designed what you're, what you're describing of the pipes and the facade that you see was supposed to look like the rolling hills of Wisconsin. And, and it is architecturally stunning. It's the backdrop for the symphony concerts. It's, of course, the backdrop for our organ concerts. And actually, some of the facade pipes do, in fact, play, which is often not the case. A lot of the time, they're just, they're just for show. But here, actually, some of them do play. And it's an instrument where it's a perfect blend of instrument and space. The hall itself is just magnificent. It's, it's breathtaking when you walk in and then when you see and then hear this incredible instrument that has so many different nuanced sounds and such power. I mean, it can be as, as soft as a whisper. And then, you know, every once in a while, I like to come out in the first piece. I jump right on the bench and immediately start playing as loud as I possibly can to sort of take everyone's breath away. And so I've just been so fortunate to, to play this instrument and to play for an audience that has uh, really grown in their appreciation for this music, for this art form, for all the work that the organ requires in, in terms of mastering this instrument and its repertoire. And it's been wonderful to sort of bring them along with me on this journey and, and just be able to share this, this incredible instrument and music with them. And, and I will say that my parents were not musicians. They were stunned by the beauty of the space when they first went there. And, and I remember one time uh, I, was, I was about to play a concert, and I think we had about 1,300, 1,400 people that were going to the event. And my mom was in town. Uh, my dad was still working at the time, so he couldn't be here. But my mom was in town, and she saw everyone kind of ushering in. And Overture Hall is one of a, a few venues within that particular building. And she said, well, no, I'm not, I'm not going in there. I'm looking for the organ concert. And they said, no, that is the organ concert. And she was taken aback just by how much support and enthusiasm there was for this instrument. So it's just been magnificent.
Now, in Scranton, at the University of Scranton, there's a concert symphonic organ that was designed so people could hear all the latest Wagner and so forth when it was built because there wasn't a symphony orchestra in the area. So we know organs can be full on their own, as you've just described it. You can fill the space. You don't need the undergirding of an orchestra. What is added when you and an orchestra get to play together in Overture Hall? Yeah, I've actually played the instrument that you that you described at the university um, because Cheryl Boga, who's there at the university, has been an ambassador of the organ as well, and I've played that particular instrument, so I know I know what you're describing. You know, it, it's it's very interesting because there there are quite a few challenges in terms of blending both an orchestra and an organ because an organ is in itself an orchestra, and so there's almost this little competition between. How loud can you guys be, all, all 90 or so of you, compared to how loud I alone sitting at the console can be? And I think that it requires a great deal of, of listening on the part of the organist to not just look at the score and kind of see what the composer is indicating could work in terms of sound or in terms of dynamics, but to really listen to make sure that there is a complete blend of this instrument with the ensemble. And I think a lot of the time, organists tend to be so focused on, on just, you know, sort of choosing the sounds that they see written on the score without listening to how it might sound in relation to who they're playing with. And so, you know, if, if the oboe section is, is diminuendoing and getting softer in a certain section, if I don't do the same, then it sounds like two different instruments. And we want it to sound, I think, as blended as possible when there is sort of those more lyrical passages and then at the same time, you do want some loud and excitement from the instrument so that there is this dichotomy between the orchestra and the organ. But I, I would say it's, it's a very rewarding challenge to play with a large ensemble because it takes quite a bit of coaxing to make everything work together. Greg, as we lead into what you might be offering when you come to Pittston, all of you are challenged as organists with meeting new instruments as if you were meeting a new duet partner, aren't you, when you come to a place where you haven't met the organ or played the organ before. Talk to us a little bit about how you size each other up, you and the organs that you have to play for the first time. Yeah, this is definitely one of the challenges that I think a lot of other even classical musicians are not really aware of, unless you know an organist personally. There are challenges not just of of being unfamiliar with the instrument in terms of how it sounds, but also just how it physically feels, where things are located. You know, what manual you might be playing a given melody on can change depending on the instrument and what sounds each given manual might have. I play all my, my solo programs from memory, so then there's, of course, also the challenge of not just remembering the music, but also getting to an unfamiliar instrument and sort of trying to remember in a very short amount of time what presets you might have set before the concert to have everything in order. And, of course, the presets and the buttons are not always located in the same location. And so there, there are, are numerous challenges that organists face outside of just the music itself. But my goal whenever I play anywhere is to make the audience feel as completely comfortable as possible so that it looks like what I'm doing up there, as challenging as it might be, seems and comes across as completely effortless. And so every uh, piston or preset that I push with my hands outside of all the notes I'm playing or anything that I might push or open with my feet, I want to make it look as musical and as artistic as I do the music itself so that the audience can just sit back, enjoy the music, enjoy the athleticism of the instrument, 
And then every once in a while, maybe at the end of a piece, you want to give the audience a sense of, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it to the end? There's so much going on and, and, and drama and flair, of course, is, is necessary in getting, getting the audience to respond the way that, that organists might, might like them to. But I think that so much of it is just making sure that you, that the organist seems completely in control and dominating of that particular instrument. Because if it looks the other way around, then I think the audience becomes uncomfortable and they can't focus on the beauty and the joy of the music we're playing. What have you chosen for your program? You don't have to tell us all, you can surprise us, but what kinds of pieces have you selected? Sure, it's a very program, and in relation to what you were saying about the symphonic repertoire on the organ at, at Scranton, you know, I'm so grateful that, one, I actually met Mike Soa at one of those concerts, and that's the reason that I'm, I'm now performing again in that area, so I'm very grateful to him for having asked me. And this Kilgan is a very romantic instrument, and so I wanted to play music that kind of showcased all of the versatility of the organ. And the whole program essentially focuses, is sort of based around the final piece, which is Franck's Grand Pièce Symphonique, which is exactly as it sounds. It is a large, grand, symphonic work for the organ. It's like a symphony, but, but played by two feet and two hands. And it's a masterpiece. This is the 200th anniversary of uh, Franck's birth. And so there is, of course, excitement in general uh, around playing his music this year. I, I recently recorded this piece, and I've lived with it now for a while and, and have really enjoyed getting to know it. And, and also getting to explore all the different sounds that the organ can, can use to complement some of this gorgeous writing. So that's going to be sort of the end of the, the program and, and sort of the centerpiece of it all. And then before that, it's quite varied. I'm playing, you know, Bach's Little Fugue in G minor that so many people have learned in, in various capacities over the years. I'm playing an organ suite by Florence Price, the African-American female composer, which is just a wonderful piece of music and, again, allows the, the organist to explore all the different colors and timbres of the instrument. And it's just so well-written for the organ and, and so, so playable. You know, it, it, it's always nice when someone writes for an instrument that they themselves play, and Florence Price certainly was a tremendous organist and a wonderful composer. And I'm opening with Vidor, the, the Allegro, the first movement of Vidor's Sixth Symphony, which is just really loud, looks very challenging, is very challenging to play, and I, you know, hopefully will will uh, get the audience kind of excited and going for the rest of the program. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm also playing an arrangement that I made of Debussy's Claire de Lune that I think works quite beautifully on the organ. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to sharing that with the audience as well. And that would be unexpected, Greg, because we do think of that loud quality of the Vidor, for example. But the subtleties, you can bring them out as well in one particular piece where you really just celebrate that aspect of the organ's abilities. I, I completely agree. And I think that it's, it's so nice in a program to be able to get the audience to almost wonder if they're even hearing music because of how soft it is, and then remind them that they certainly are and how loud something else following it is. And so I, I, I like to sort of constantly give the audience a break from some of the louder sounds and remind them of the tonal warmth and beauty of an instrument that I think this Kilgan will, will certainly give me as the organist an opportunity to showcase in this music.
Greg Zellick with quiet music, almost silent music of Franz Liszt, and Greg Zellick with full-fledged music. Greg Zellick, principal organist of the Madison Symphony Orchestra in Wisconsin, Elaine and Nicholas Mischler, curator of the Overture Concert Organ, who will come to Pittston just between Wilkes-Barre and Scranton this Friday, October 21st at 7 for an organ recital, and that is St. John the Evangelist Parish, 35 William Street in Pittston. It's part of the parish concert series. Admission is free, but a free will offering will be accepted. Again, it's St. John the Evangelist, 35 William Street in Pittston, an organ recital with celebrated young performer Greg Zellick, principal organist of the Madison Symphony Orchestra, this Friday evening at 7. And for more information on the web, stjohnspittston.com. St. St. That is St. John's Pittston. And to learn more about Greg Zellick, on his website, gregzellick.com, Z-E-L-E-K, gregzellick.com. An organ recital with Greg Zellick at St. John the Evangelist, Roman Catholic Church, 35 William Street in Pittston between Wilkes-Barre and Scranton, this Friday, October 21st at 7 in the evening. For more information on the web, St. St. John's Pittston.com. Dot com.